Hello, world. Welcome back to the Ignited 42 podcast, episode 21. We got a special guest with us today, Philip. It's going to be a, a good storytelling time. That's what we like to do. Yeah. Um, we keep trying to get more and more people to come on. And I, th I think it's super impactful, like hearing other people's testimony instead of just listening to me and you talk all yeah, the time. Yeah, no, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it helps us realize that we're not the only jacked up ones. Either. Yeah, it, I mean, it's super impactful on my life, at least. <laughs> but um, I know it's been a good, good thing in my life for sure. Oh, yeah, that's, good. that's good. That's good. That's awesome. We, we love hearing that kind of stuff. So going into this, um, we want to make an announcement that we have got a store set up, um, online store through Shopify, um, but it'll be at ignited42.com once it opens up. And um, we're waiting for some samples to come in because we don't want you guys to order stuff and it'd be all completely jacked up. Yeah. So <laughs> so we want to see what it looks like first. Uh, hopefully this week we get them. And if we get them this week, we'd love to have it open by Thanksgiving. So that way when Black Friday comes around, we're not going to do any sales. But if you're going to be buying <laughs> Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah, why not? Maybe sell something. Yeah. So that's how we're going to. Yeah, so we're super excited. We've been, yeah. been putting some stuff up. Some of the you guys will see it's related to to the podcast and different things that are you know there's <laughs> layers to you're going to be wearing something and people are like what's that mean like oh, you'd have to listen. Oh, so, and yeah. we did create another logo that looks like it just says if, but <laughs> the I and the F stand for ignited fortitude. Yeah. So. Um, Hopefully, when you guys see that, you like it. If you don't, okay, great. Cool. We'll well. Get rid of it. <laughs> we go back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, let's jump in. So, uh, you know, having Philip on, I had asked Philip. I'd been wanting to get Philip in for a long time. Uh, and really, I think the story, you know, this is, is going to be a, a podcast on discipleship. And, and this guy right here is one of the reasons why like for this podcast. And, um, when he had, when he had come to me, he had came and was like, Hey man, you know, can, can we talk? I got some stuff going on. And right around that same time, I, I was already, I was already kind of discipling this other guy. And when I told Philip, I was like, look, dude, I got to be honest with you. I said, I got another guy that's kind of going through something similar in his life. And I'm just letting you know, like, I don't think this guy's going to make it. I don't think he's hanging on for the long haul and for the right reasons. I think all he wants to do is, is try to fix his marriage for the sake of just wanting to fix his marriage, but not wanting to get strong with the Lord, not wanting to get right with the Lord. And and I told him straight up, like, look, dude, if you if you do what I tell you to do, like I promise you, God will meet you and He will bless those efforts. But if you're just like I'm, you know, I'm not going to do the reading or I'm not going to do this, and you know what I mean, and you're just calling me just because you and your wife were just having spats, like it, it's not going to help you. Like it, it, it you know, it's going to be a short term, you know, gain. Well, that was that was the one thing you told me was if you're going to do this, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to look at it as what do you, you got to look at yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't do the whole, he said, she said, you know, she did this, she did that. You got to look at it as, you know, you got to take responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to, if you're going to fix what, what's wrong, you got to fix what's wrong with yourself yeah. for yourself, for your relationship with with God. And that's the only way you're going to make it work. Because if you're doing this to point fault at, you know, your wife or your partner, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And that was the, the big thing. And you'd given me a lot of material to mm -hmm. give me that direction to say, Hey, what am I, what am I doing 
to cause these issues. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, here we go. A couple of years later, Philip's still on the path, you know what I mean? And his, his marriage is awesome and strong and it's, you know, it's great not a smooth path. No, it, it's it is no, definitely, it's <laughs> it is definitely not a smooth path. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up as they expect, you know, once they come to Christ and become a believer, you know, everything is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. It's magically going to change. You know, your relationships are going to get easy. You're never going to screw up. And that's where I think people get discouraged is they just want everything to magically change. And they don't want to really put in the effort. Well, to, they want to go to a genie. They don't want to go. Yeah. To, you know? yeah. And, uh, and, you know, unfortunately needless to say, the other guy that I was, you know, discipling at the time is like, I mean, I don't never see him. You know what I mean? I know, um, you know, there's communication. My wife knows his wife and there's communication and stuff like that, but it's like still the same old struggles, still the same old stuff. And it's like, oh, man. So, you know, the, the whole purpose when doing this podcast was like, I, I know sometimes it's easier to just hear some things and take, you know, take the lessons in as opposed to going to somebody. Cause it's hard. It's hard to go to somebody, you know, I've told you my son, you know, Diesel's <laughs> like the three hardest things for people to say is, you know, uh, it was my fault. I need help. In Worcestershire sauce, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know what I mean? But asking people for help is is tough. And so hopefully, you know, with this podcast, you know, whether you are listening and you know somebody that's going through something similar or you're that person, you know, all the stuff that we talk about, hopefully you can resonate with and be like, you know what? I'm not the only one going through these struggles, but there's one common factor that is going through all these different struggles and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, you know? absolutely. And, you know, so that's where we are. And, and so, dude, give us a little bit of, of your story kind of. Well, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's a typical story, but, uh, you know, it seems like more and more we're hearing about people were, were raised in, in some denomination. You know, I was raised Catholic, um, baptized in the Catholic church. But as far as my faith goes, like, I've always been a believer, but I wouldn't say, I don't know, maybe a true believer, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, I've always believed in, in Jesus and God and, you know, why Jesus was crucified and everything else, but I didn't put a lot of weight on it maybe. And so, you know, growing up, you know, in a Catholic family, you go to church every Sunday, you know, it's like the best workout anybody could ever have on a Sunday, you know, stand up, <laughs> up kneel, stand up, kneel, <laughs> sit down, kneel, stand up. So it's like, you go there and then you, you sit there and you listen to this guy reading out of, you know, the Bible and it's usually King James, you know, and as a eight year old kid, you're like, I don't understand. And then you're moving around, you're getting that elbow, sit still, sit still, quit, stop, you know? So after I got old enough, I didn't want to go to church, mm -hmm. you know, because it was like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't have any desire to read my Bible because I just don't get it. I don't understand. So most of my adult life, I, you know, didn't go to church, didn't read the Bible, you know, joined the army right out of high school, um, got stationed in Hawaii, nothing's going on. This is 97 to 2000. That was probably the worst place to put anybody that didn't really have a social life in high school. And I lost my mind, you know, really? made some horrible decisions, got in trouble a bunch, got busted a bunch, you know. So 2000, I was like, I hate the army. It's the worst place in the world. You know, I don't like leadership. I got out, you know, so got out, um, you know, made more bad decisions, um, you know, bars, strip clubs, <laughs> you know, 
I don't know how much money I spent, but I would probably be way better off if I didn't spend that money. <laughs> um, so did that for a while. Uh, got married in 2006 to my ex-wife. And I still kind of felt this draw to join the military. So 2006, went back in the military, um, kind of started living that military lifestyle, but as more of a family, you know. So uh, did a year in Korea. That was no big deal. Um, then me and my ex-wife at that time moved to Fort Hood, Texas, and we were just not good. You know, she was doing stuff. I was doing stuff. Um, I deployed to Iraq and, you know, we really started struggling, fell apart. Um, she started dating people. I started dating people while I was deployed, which, you know, you guys both know was like no go, you know? So I did that. Um, in that time, my first son was born in 2008 and, you know, blessing, true, amazing kid. Um, so come home. Stuff still isn't good between me and my wife, uh, my ex-wife, sorry. Um, at no point during this did I turn to God, say, hey, you know, what am I doing to screw this up? You know, I placed blame on her, but at the same time, I, I placed blame on myself and, you know, deployed again to Afghanistan. You know, while I was there, she had, you know, got her her current husband, they got together, which is cool. You know, whatever. We kind of had come to the realization that we weren't going to be together, but we couldn't really pull the trigger on divorcing mm -hmm. just financially. You know, it seemed to work better, you know, as long as we didn't tell the army that we weren't living together, we still got paid. Mm -hmm. So we made that work. Um, but it wasn't healthy. You know, once I got back from Afghanistan in 2011, she lived three hours away and I couldn't afford to go see him. So even to this day, I have a lot of guilt um, for probably the first good three years of his life. I didn't, I wasn't there a lot, mm -hmm. you know, because of my relationship with her, um, my choices that I was making, I was again, you know, doing the normal uh, military thing. You go to the bar. And at that time I was, I was going to the bar three days a week, mm -hmm. you know, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And I was just drunk mm -hmm. all the time. It was bad going to work. You know, the army kind of holds it as a, a badge of honor. If you can get up the day after going to the bar and still do PT, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's not healthy. It's not good. And, you know, again, through this time, I'm not, I'm not seeking the Lord, um, you know, making bad decisions. So, did another trip to Afghanistan, making horrible decisions, you know, putting myself in situations that looking back now, if, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here, mm -hmm. you know, being out on a mission, just being careless with myself, you know, thinking I was doing what was best for the, the squad and all that stuff, you know, investigating things where people are like, dude, you do any more of that you're going to, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. And but at that time I was upset, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm missing my son. I'm thinking I'm screwing things up. So <clears throat> again, still not seeking the Lord and then got out in 2013, um, met my wife Deidre in December of 2013, which we have a history, you know, 
I knew her from grade school. Um, me and her brothers used to hang out and everything. And, you know, we, I always like to tell the story that we, we had got together to sixth grade dance and like I was head over heels for, you know, back then. And because I was friends with her brother, she always liked to say, you know, you were cool at first, but then you got to be friends with my brother. Then you just became the annoying friend. <laughs> so, you know, we really didn't, nothing happened. We didn't really hang out in high school. You know, we'd see each other in passing, but that was it. And then December of 2013, you know, it's, it's almost like a country song. We ran into each other at a truck stop, mm. you know, and it was like, Hey, what's up? You know? <laughs> and from then, you know, that's, that's been the history of her and I's life together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still had issues, you know, I have, you know, being in the, in the military, you know, as, as you're deployed, you know, pornography is a huge, a huge crutch for a lot of guys. I think, you know, guys have external hard drives of just terabytes of, you know, porn. Mm-mm. And it's like, you go to one guy and like, Hey, what do you got? got anything new? And you just swap it back and forth. And it's, you know, thinking about it now, it's, it's disgusting, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just part of the, the life of, of a deployment. And, uh, you know, I, I was never, after I got out, it was something that I never really was able to get rid of. It's porn has always been a battle that I've had. And, you know, I try, you know, Dieter and I would talk about it and it was like, if I would have paid more attention and listened, you know, maybe I would have understood a little bit better, but it was like, you know, we'd talk about it and I was like, well, as long as you're just watching porn and not cheating on me, you know, I would rather you do that than, you know, cheat on me. Mm -hmm. So I always look at it like, well, I'm not cheating, so Mm -hmm. it's okay, but it's not Mm -hmm. because that's disrespectful to her. You know, it gives, you know, it gives you a false sense of reality because, you know, you see these people that are doing all these things and it's like, you know, then you look at your wife and it's like, why aren't we doing that stuff? Mm -hmm. And it's because there's not emotion there. There's not love there. There's not, it's all a script, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, you know, we're going to do this, this, and this, and we're going to cut film and, you know, we're done. And so that's always been a struggle. And then. Um, well, and it's crazy too, cause you think about it when Jesus, you know, is, is saying, Hey, you know, even to l- look lustfully at a woman is yes. committing adultery. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. deep down inside, you know, he's really just revealing what's true in our hearts. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, think about it. I mean, most of the stuff that has, has, you know, as guys that has tripped us up has been just what we've seen. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, when you're on a deployment and you're, Guy, I think guys, I mean, you know, you're, you're in a hooch and you got, you know, either you're, you've got one other roommate or you're in a big, huge bay, you know, and it's like guys are putting up ponchos to, to hide in their beds and, or, you know, you get back from a mission and, you know, your roommate's like, Hey, you know, I need some alone time and you know what is going on. You know, what's, you know what he's doing. And it's like, you put a sock on the doorknob and. <laughs> You know, it's like, okay, when the, Do socks, not enter. <laughs> when the socks on the doorknob, you need to either go to the, to the rec center or you need to be doing something. So, you know, guys use it, I think in the military as a coping mechanism because they're alone, their, their wife, their girlfriend isn't there, you know? So it's like, okay. And 
we, you know, while you're deployed, you, you legitimize it and say, it's okay. It's okay. You know, but it's not, it's, it's, you're looking for something that Mm -hmm. you're not getting when maybe you should be having a better conversation with your wife or your girlfriend. And, you know, because guys, we're not always good with talking about our feelings or anything really, you know, we just, we internalize a lot of stuff and then we do hobbies and things like that to take our minds off what's really going on. So, you know, going along, um, in January of 2019, um, I got caught, you know, um, I don't remember exactly what was going on, but it was the situation where, um, I, I had started with just looking at porn and then it turned into social media. You know, there, there's a lack of intimacy between me and my wife, you know? So it's like, instead of manning up and saying, Hey, you know, what's going on? Why aren't we intimate? It's like, well, I'll just find something to take my, my mind off it. And, you know, you can get on your phone and there's chat apps, you know, and that's, it's not, it doesn't make it okay. You know, I never, I never physically cheated on my wife, but you know, you get on and you, you meet somebody in a chat room and it's like, Oh, Hey, what's up? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, you're having inappropriate conversations, you're sharing inappropriate pictures and you're emotionally, you're emotionally tied with this person because instead of taking the time to work on that relationship with your wife or your girlfriend, it's easier to go talk to a stranger because there's no emotional ties there. So you can get whatever sort of gratification you're looking for from a stranger. And, you know, it, it's just not okay. When we talked before we started recording, you said something that kind of really, um, hit home with me, uh, with, cause our stories are very similar. Um, but the, the word you use was validation, mm-hmm. right? Like, so when you're, when you're looking for, when you're <clears throat> reaching out to that person and you're talking to them, you're validating that, um, I, in my case, a lot of times it was validating that I was important enough to, you know, have exactly. that or, um, that it was, uh, a search for validation. I mean, that's all it is, is like, I'm, my wife doesn't, the, the intimacy is not there with my wife, but that validation, like, so this woman would sleep with me, you know, this woman wants to have that intimacy or whatever the case may be. But that's what, um, when you said that, like that kind of clicked in my head because I'd never used that word like mm-hmm. validation. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Like, well, yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, you know, you're getting, um, and I think when we were talking about, um, what was the book? Wild well, at Heart, he kind of brings that up in that in that whole thing where it's like you want to be this, you know, like uh, every man is looking for a beauty to rescue. Uh, an adventure to live. An adventure mm-hmm. to live and, a, and like a fight to isn't like a, a battle, battle to fight, fight. a battle to yeah. fight. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's like something that's in us. And like, sometimes we're like, you know what I mean? Um, you know, we make our, our you know, when we talked about it in another earlier podcast too. It's like where we make our wives, the adventure in the sense, like, okay, I got to get the beauty, but it's like, she wants to go on that adventure with you. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And then like, we do the daily rut of I'm working, I'm this, I'm that. And then you come home and it's like, you've been neglecting all these other things. And so like the way that your wife is like handling things, it's like, 
you serious? Like, look at all the work that I'm doing. And it's like, you're not even taking her into consideration. You know what I yeah. mean? And so then you, you don't feel that validation. Right. You don't feel like that. And then you get on something and it's like that, that, you know, like that, those feelings that you had when you were chasing your wife, like those, like, you know, that things like innate in us, you know right. what I mean? God has already given us, you know, it's funny. Somebody's like the old, the only reason why sex is in, is enjoyable as it is, because if it wasn't guys would be too lazy and they wouldn't even go after it. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, you know, because it, it, it all revolves on procreation. You know what I mean? Like the only way we're going to continue to populate it is to have that intimacy. You know what I mean? But if it wasn't enjoyable, like, think about it. We'd just like, whatever. well, and there, that's the, the, the one difference between the male and the female species is men can have sex without emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, we, and that's, that's sad because that's the one great thing about women. Women always have, there's, you know, there needs to be an emotional connection. And that's something that, you know, not that me and my wife have an emotional connection, but usually there was a lack of intimacy because of how I was being. Sure. You know, if I was being grumpy or being unattentive to her, you know, she's like, if you're grumpy, why am I going to want to? Yeah, by the time you get in the bed. Yeah, you guys are fighting yeah, to get in the I, bed. I've, and already, like, I've already, <laughs> you know, shot myself in the foot, you know, eight hours when I woke up. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to go to work. You know, God, why are you making noise? Whatever. And I'm just being grumpy. Mm-hmm. And Not being I'm, pleasant to be around. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I'm like, well, what's going on? Why don't you want me? Well, you're kind of a butthead. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, you as a guy, you need to take that step back and you need to say, you know, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, and even when you're married, you need to look at it as like, you still need to date your wife. Yeah. Because when you're dating, you, you're trying to be better than that normal guy that you are. You're trying to do things to impress her. You're trying to do things to, you know, show her your, your affection and your love for her. But then it's like, when guys get married, it's like, well, sweet. We've already, you know, we've well, won, we've won the battle. Yeah, we've well, won the we, war. We, well, that, that adventure is gone, right? Yeah, like yeah. she was the adventure. I got it, locked <clears> it in. You know what I mean? Well, and it's funny too, because there's a, there's a book where it's like, a, I haven't read it, but I know somebody's talked about it where it's like a sex begins in the kitchen or something. Sex starts in the kitchen or something like that. You know what I mean? And like the whole premise in the sense where it's like, you know, like guy spells sex, you know, S-E-X, right? Mm-hmm. But a woman spells sex, T-I-M-E. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what a woman's wanting, and she's wanting that time. Dude, my wife, I'm. She's, this podcast is gonna come out, and she's gonna like, here, I got to play something to play something for you. So, yes, you're gonna use this against me. That's why you're quiet over there. Bobby said it. <laughs> but, Bobby uh, said it. but, uh, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it's with it's with time. You know what I mean? And and there you go. Like, if you're not investing that time in the day and you're not like trying to like help her out and trying to like take care of things and, mm-hmm. you know, cover and move and like, here we go. Like yeah. she's doing this and I'm going to go do this. So it makes her day early, you know, easier and earlier and everything else. And like, look at everything that I'm doing. Like that's when the woman's already geared up for it. Us, we're geared up for it at like whatever time, you know what I mean? Yeah. She just like, Watch the, the, by, the wind blows and you're like, oh, yeah, hey, like I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. Did, were you, were you in Did you say something? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And for a woman, it's like, dude, if you don't start that early on in the day, by the time it comes to it, she's not even thinking about it. And then she's like, I'm exhausted. Like, no, you know? Well, and then, then you get to the point where you've been that unpleasant person. And then it's like, you send the, the text message. Hey, what's up? How are you? I love you. You're beautiful. But then she's looking at like, oh God, I know what he wants, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, if you're not a hundred percent 
I don't know how to how to put this without shooting myself in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're not a, a husband that's willing to put in the the effort to show your wife that you love her and that you appreciate her, um, with no strength attached. Yeah, exactly. No strength attached. You know, I love my wife, and I good grief. If it wasn't for her, I would be a mess. Mm -hmm. You know, her and God, <laughs> you know, she between, – between God and her belief in God, they have saved me. Mm. They, they really have. And I told her this from the minute we got together was that God put her in my life for a reason and God used her to save me mm. because when I – when I got out of the military, I was a mess. I was, I had zero direction. Um, I was angry. I was filled with guilt. You know, I had zero, no plan. You know, I, I got out of the army. I was, I was going to go be a horseshoer for all. I don't, I mean, to, if there's horseshoers listening to this, you guys are awesome and it's a great trade, but that's work. <laughs> and, so I got out of the army. I went and worked on a ranch for three months and said, okay, I'm going to go be a horseshoer. And in between the time that I was leaving the ranch and getting ready to go to shoeing school, he put my wife in my life. Mm. And that gave me a direction. You know, him, everybody says God works in mysterious ways and it's not a mystery. Mm. Like if you really open your eyes and open your heart, you can, you you know what he's doing. Sure. And he had a plan between putting my wife in my life and then bringing our daughter into our life. Mm -hmm. You know, him and my wife saved me, you know, because he only knows – he knew where I was going. Sure. He sure. knew the path I was going on if – you know, because I wasn't looking to him. I wasn't, you know – well, you know, and there you go. Like God does, you know, that's why they call it supernatural, right? Yeah. It's, it's done through the natural, but in like, you know, obviously a super way. It's like he's doing it through everyday things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Small and, and great. You have to open yourself. You have to, you have to separate yourself from yourself mm -hmm. to hear him. Sure. And, excuse me, it's hard. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And to kind of get back to, to the story, so I got caught in the in January of 2019. Um, I was doing dumb stuff, gross stuff, you know, having horrible conversations. And I don't know if you can call it a classic move, but I was having a conversation with this female um, and – you know, I never had an intention of, of doing something physical with anybody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like we said, with that validation, you know, as a, I wasn't getting what I wanted because of my own faults, mm -hmm. but I was getting that validation from somebody. So I sent a text out, you know, and I sent the text to my wife that wasn't meant for her. Mm -hmm. And... You know, at first I tried to I tried to play. Oh no no no, babe, it was for you. I was I was you know we were going out of town for my my son was going to to Phoenix 
for a hockey game. We were going to go up there and we were going to spend the weekend. It was going to be awesome. And I sent her a text and it wasn't meant for her. And she was like, who you send this to? Oh, you, babe, you, 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 it's, it's, you know, it's for you. And she's like, no, we don't talk like that. Mm. And so I tried to play it off. I got mad. I said, oh, you, you know, I started turning the tables and, you know, well, you know, if you were doing this, I wouldn't be doing this. And I, I did everything I could to not accept responsibility for you it. Bail yourself out. Yeah. And then finally I was like, you know what? You're right. I was, I've been doing this, 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 and this, and no excuse, mm -hmm. you know, no excuse. So at that time, again, her grace, God's grace, she was like, well, we can get through this. We can work it out. So our intimacy, like, did a 180. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, it was, you know, we were good. We were doing really good. And we started, you know, we had ser searched for a, a church. We found Calvary Chapel, and it was great. But I didn't, you know, for, for a little while, I was like, I was trying to read my Bible, um, didn't, wasn't going to the men's. I didn't even know about the, the men's Bible study at that time. And, you know, I, I was putting some effort, but I really wasn't putting a lot of effort because things had changed between her and I, mm -hmm. you know, things were good. You know, we seemed to be doing good. Um, but you know, there was some medical stuff going on that kind of caused us to, for our intimacy to take a back burner. And, you know, she was trying to recover from, from a surgery and everything else. So I was, you know, kind of trying to take, take care of stuff around the house, you know, take care of, you know, our daughter, take care of the, our son, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. And I started getting very selfish, mm -hmm. you know, and I started getting just mean, you know, I'm doing everything. You're not doing anything. I, I was super, super insensitive. You know, I started feeling like, oh, she's just kind of milking this. And, you know, and it, that wasn't it. It was just, I was being a jerk, mm -hmm. like a hundred percent jerk. And I fell back, you know, I backslid into old habits, to old habits. You know, she's not feeling good. Our intimacy has gone away. You know, I feel like I'm the only one putting in any, any effort here, you know, and I, I did, I backslid, you know, and it was seven months. Mm -hmm. It was, I, I didn't even give it a chance, you know, to get through this short period of, you know, her having a surgery to get better. Like mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't give it a chance. I didn't give her a chance. You know, it was just my simple selfishness of, I have a need. I need that need fulfilled. I need, again, I need to feel validated that I'm worth something and I'm going to go find it. And I got caught again. Mm -hmm. She found it and she was like, I'm done. She goes, I don't understand. You know, we were doing great. You know, it's kind of messed up that you would use my having a surgery as an excuse to, to do this. Mm -hmm. And again, I tried to 
legitimize what I was doing. Well, you don't want, you know, I'm doing all this. I don't feel appreciated, blah, 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 a whole bunch of bad excuses Mm -hmm. instead of saying I messed up. And then finally, you know, again, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I, you know, if you weren't doing this, I wouldn't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. And then finally I was like, you know what? You're right. And she's like, I'm done. She goes, I don't want you around. You know, you need to, you need to figure out something. You know, she started looking for apartments, you know, and it was at that point that I came to, to you Mm -hmm. and said, Hey man, I am, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I lost her. There's nothing I can do. You know, my parents had a, had a motor home and she was like, you know, you, you need to get out. You need to, you know, we, we can't be in the same house. She goes, I can't, I can't deal with seeing you. And so I borrowed my dad's motor home. I mean, she was gracious enough to, to let me park it behind the house Mm -hmm. so that I could still be there for, for our daughter and everything else. And, you know, still kind of help out. And, you know, again, by God's grace and her, her grace, I mean, she said, I love you. She goes, but I can't, I don't know how to trust you. I don't know how to, to move past this. She goes, I love you. You know, you're my best friend, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And, um, there was one conversation where we had actually were able to talk about stuff. And, you know, it was after I talked to you and you were like, dude, you just gotta, you gotta suck it up and you need to take responsibility for this. And you need to tell her, you know, that you understand and that, you know, it's your, your fault because it was my fault. It was, she didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's, you know, we have our struggles, but for me to go that route was never her fault. Yeah. was never, ever her fault. And, you know, I was explaining that to her and I had, you know, I don't know how many times I apologized and told her I was going to change. And she was like, that's what you said before. And I don't blame her for saying, for, for feeling that way. But she goes, I'm praying about it. And I'm praying for you. And she goes, you know, once she had kind of calmed down, she goes, I'm giving it to God. Mm-hmm. She goes, I can't make this emotional decision because there's way too much at stake. You know, between her, our daughter, you know, she's like, one of the hardest things I'm, I would have to do is, is take you know, she, she would never take our, our kids yeah. away from me and never keep, keep me from seeing them. But she goes, I don't want Charlie Grace to grow up in that kind of family to where it's shared time. You know, it's, she goes, I don't want to do that. But she goes, if I'm going to make the decision based on my emotions, my feelings, that's going to be the life we're going to have. Mm-hmm. She goes, because I can't, I can't trust you. She goes, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever trust you. And she goes, but I'm going to give it to God. Mm -hmm. He's whatever path he chooses to take us down. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to God. 
And well, you know, and that's so huge, dude. Cause you know, when, when a woman's going through that, you know, when they're going through those things, it's like mama bear kicks in and it's like, I need to do whatever I can to protect my family, my mm -hmm. kids, myself, you know what I mean? In those situations. And dude, I mean, like, you know, it, it's funny. Cause you talk about how, you know, this whole situation and how her coming into your life and how God saved you and stuff like that. But you know what I mean? Like we got to remember, man, like these, I mean, these trials are never fun. Like no matter what we're going through, whether it's on this end of the spectrum or we can, you know, bring up another topic, but it's like, man, it's like through this process where it's like, who are you going to trust and who, you know what I mean? And I think her just being that courageous and saying, you know, like whatever God wants me to do, that's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's like showing her faith in that sense where it's like, you know, you know, whether it's infidelity, whether it's, you know, I mean, you know, people where it's like somebody's spending all the money on the bank account, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, it's like these trials that come, yes. Can they be grounds for divorce? Yes, they can. But man, it's also grounds for forgiveness. It's also grounds for letting, you know, like, hey, obviously we haven't put God at the center of our life and this is a perfect indicator of it. And maybe we need to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that was, you know, I'm truly, truly blessed and truly thankful that I've had, you know, a, a huge group of men that have helped me realize things, but there's been two that have really opened my eyes to seeking the Lord. Mm -hmm. And one is my father-in-law, who is a, a great you know, man of God, and then you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, between him explaining to me how much I needed, you know, the full armor of God, you know, and he gave me that, that scripture. And he was like, you need to read this every morning because the enemy is going to come at you every day. The minute you wake up, he's coming at you there. You know, he gave me that. And then just coming to you and I mean, <laughs> how many times have I, have, have I called you and be like, bro, <laughs> dude, we're, we're at each other's throat. What's going on? And it's like, I'm like, dude, come on, be on my side. It's, I didn't do anything wrong. Be on my side. And you're like, mm, but <laughs> did you not do something? And it's like, oh, God. here we go again. Yes, I did that. Yeah. And Philip, then, Philip gets to a point sometimes uh, like, uh, I don't know why I called you. I was hoping that, well, and it's funny because one time we were talking and, uh, and I had to get out, you had to get off the phone real quick. And, and we hung up and my wife's like, what's going on? I was like, I feel so bad for this guy. <laughs> I said, cause I know he's looking for me to like, give him some, some hope. And, and I'm not, you no, know what no. I mean? I'm like, I feel so bad, but, but what ends up happening after that? It, that's exactly right. It's, you know, you, you have to detach. Yeah. And I mean, we've, we've listened to many podcasts about, you know, you got to get outside of extreme yourself. ownership and, you know, when emotions kick in in a situation, you're not going to be able to detach. You can't step back and be like, oh, what did I do? What did I say? And it's funny when you think about how you're supposed to be in the military and then you look at scripture and it's like, you know, this, this other podcast that, that I listened to that you, you turned me on to. It's like they go hand in hand, you know. Jesus wants us all to take responsibility for our own life in asking him to guide us. Mm -hmm. And unless you can 
take yourself out of the equation and say, okay, Jesus, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Where is the path that I'm supposed to go? You're going to mess it up every time. And if anybody can take anything away from what I'm saying is that's how I messed up Mm -hmm. every time is I would try and handle it. I would try and take control. And (laughs) if, if, I had bullets and a gun. My foot would be obliterated. Like, <laughs> shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> I, would, I, I would constantly shoot myself. And I do every day, every day. It's like, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, I'm like, oh, what did I do? You know, and I always do better when I wake up and I pray. And I say, God, help me to get through this day. Show me what you want me to do. And there's days where I see it and there's days where I don't. And those battles, I mean, every day is a battle. And some days I'm the victor and there's other days where that battle just kicks my rear and I'm like – well, you know, it, and that's the whole point of having the armor of God. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it's funny because it's like, you know, like you want your armor to be shiny. Like, dude, I don't want to go to heaven in my armor shiny. Like, if I if it's all if it's all shined up, you know what I mean? Like, we have to shine our boots and stuff. I like, look like I went through a battle. Yeah, like I want to come out. You know, the Bible talks about fiery darts. Like, dude, I want one sticking. I don't want a freaking helmet. You know what yeah. I mean? When I show up and be like, look, God, like I'm done. You but but I mean? the problem is those fiery darts are usually from me shooting myself. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. He, he, he's like, dude, that the trajectory that that, yeah. wrong, that didn't wrong, come from the enemy, place. bro. That, that's you. <laughs> that's funny. And dude. so and So you so you so you were separated, you uh, you were living in the fifth wheel, and then she, you know, you know, obviously being a godly woman is like, I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do in this situation. Yeah. And then, and through, through that given kind of me taking that step back, I, I seeked multiple forms of counseling. I came to you for counseling scripturally and spiritually. And then I also did seek, um, secular counseling Mm -hmm. to help with the, the pornography addiction. And, you know, that was helpful, but, and what was, what was interesting, I was taking what you were giving me through, you know, what you were talking about. And then actually, um, pastor Jack had given me the book on redemption mm-hmm. and I was going through that and I was able to take that and apply what my other counselor was giving me and like move forward together with that. And because of what you were teaching me and because of things that I was doing, I was actually able to open my Bible and read my Bible and things in my Bible started making sense and started, it was like this light kicked on. Dude, that is the Lord, bro. That is like, (laughs) it's exact. The light kicked on and things that I would have read before that I was like, Okay, whatever. Yeah, that's okay. We're, we're like smacking me in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was like things just rang to my situation. And I remember it was probably the first time that me and my wife came back to church together. And Pastor Pat gave the altar call and I raised my hand. And it was, I mean, it was ugly crying, you know. That was me. And my, and my wife. 
I couldn't even say and that. That's, that's the thing. Like, I raised my hand. He said, go to the prayer room. And I'm just like crying like a, like a baby, you know, in the prayer room. And, you know, then it was like, hey, we're going to be having, you know, at the end of the end of September, we're going to be having a baptism. And it was like, that's all I wanted was like, and something my wife had said, she goes, if you're going to do this, you, you do it for yourself. You yeah. don't do it. You don't do it for anybody else. And I had told her, you know, when you and I were going and I started going to the men's Bible study, cause I asked you, I was like, Hey, you know what we should do? We should have a men's Bible study. And you're like, bro, There's we one. already have one. And I kind of like teach it. <laughs> no, I don't do, I don't do that. I, no, no uh -uh. back then, mm -mm. back then. Mm -mm. No, I wasn't teaching. No, because that's what I was already in the high school room at that time. And when I started doing the high schoolers and children's ministry, I was kind of like, I need to oh. cut some things out. <laughs> well, you were you were present and you you gave a lot of input on it. And mm -hmm. I, I remember that was huge for me because you're like, we already have one, and it's on Wednesdays, and you should come. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we start. I started coming, and that was a huge, you know eye-opener for me because it was like, here's this group of men, you know, that a lot of us all have the same struggles, mm -hmm. you know, and that main struggle, whether it's through pornography or alcohol or, you know, whatever it is, our struggle is our trust in the Lord. Yeah. And that's for, for anything that's going through, you know, when, when they talk about, you gotta, you, you, you have to, um, I, I can't, it's in the, it's at the end of the full armor of God in Ephesians, you know, with all prayer and supplication mm -hmm. in the spirit. And I mean, I, I could be interpreting this wrong, but, and I think it's, it's even in Hebrews where you have to humble yourself before the Lord. And that's as men, that's one of the hardest things for us to do is oh, to be humble, to apologize for, you know, to take that when something happens to take that responsibility to say, it's my fault. Yeah. You know, and we don't like to do that as men because we don't, we feel like accepting failure or accepting responsibility for something, especially when it doesn't go right it, it kind of makes us feel weak. Yeah. Like we're weak. We, you know, we're supposed to be the strong one. We're supposed to be the dominant one. We're supposed to be the one in control. And when we mess up to say, you know, I, I messed up. You're, you're having, you're opening yourself up for vulnerability and for criticism. And I don't like criticism. I don't think a lot of guys like criticism. And that's one of the biggest things is when you start, getting into your Bible and getting into scriptures, it gives you that belief that it's okay to humble yourself. Well, it shows us that we're not the savior. You know what I mean? Because yes. ultimately that's, I mean, that it's, it's a savior mentality. Like I want to be in control. I'm the one that's, you know, responsible for this and I want everything to be good. And then when you realize you start opening up the scriptures, it's like, dude, it's not about me. You know what I mean? And that's what it takes. That's what it takes for you to be like, you know what? And, you know, I think one of the hardest times is, you know, when, when you have to admit that to your spouse, to your kids. I know there's been times that, you know, like I've, I've like, you know, when I was overbearing with, with my kids and it's like, the Lord's like, you need to go in there and apologize. It's like, why? 
Like, <laughs> no, I don't. Like, I'm, it's I'm okay. I'm the dad. I'm, I'm the dad. Like, I'm not like, I'm just going to go in there and just say, sorry. Like, no, like, hey, they were, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but you went, like, you handled that harder than you should have. You know what I mean? And, and like, it's this battle and, and then it's like, no, but the right thing would, like, the best thing that I can do for my kids is to hug them, kiss them and tell them like, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and tell them like, you know what? I could have handled that differently. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to pause. Like, hey, you know what? If you have to discipline, you have to say whatever. Like, hey, okay, it needed to happen. But man, you didn't have to go to that extent. You know what I mean? Like, you can be wrong. Like, I've heard one guy where it's like, you can be wrong at the top of your voice. You might be right, but you yeah. could be wrong at the top of your voice. And it's like, to being able to go in and saying that is huge. And, and you know what it does for your kids? Like, they're not like, yeah, dad, you're such an egotistical maniac. You know what I mean? No, they're like, you know what, dad, I'm sorry. And I realize, and you don't have to say anything else. You just leave it as that. Well, and that, that's something that through this, this journey, because, you know, my, I have two boys. I have my biological son and then I have my, my stepson, which I don't look at him as my stepson. Mm -hmm. I've, I've known him since he was seven years old and I couldn't be more proud of him. But prior to me coming to the Lord and being saved, I was a jerk. Mm-hmm. And there's times where I'm still a jerk. But I was a jerk to him. And I've always hoped that – like I wasn't just a jerk to be a jerk, but I was I was hard. You know, you know, him and I have always had the struggles with, with chores, feeding the dogs. Seven years of almost every night, did you feed the dogs? Did you feed the dogs? And there were so many times where I would just blow up on a kid. And, and it, and honestly, it wasn't till this moment right now where it's like, I'm the example for him. And I have a hard time getting up for work. And I swear there's not a single day and it, this kind of relates to what was in church today. There's not a single day that I'm not late for work because I don't want to go to work. <laughs> so for him to want to be, you know, take the initiative to feed the dogs, like we all love our animals, but to do our chores of, you know, cleaning up the backyard and mm-hmm. making, doing the, I, I'm setting the example for him of, taking that initiative to put down our phones, put down whatever we're doing and say, okay, it's time for me to go to work. And it hasn't been until recently that I believe our relationship has gotten better. I've become a lot slower to anger, Mm. you know, and I, I know that's a, that's a scripture. I wrote it down a long time ago and I'm, you know, I'm two years, two years into my walk and okay. I'm, this is my first year of, of trying to follow the reading a Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten so much out of it and there's so much more than I want to get out of it. And I want to be able to be one of those guys that not just lives a godly life, but that I can say, I can reference scripture. I can say, okay, first John, this, this, and this. And that's what I look forward to. And that's one of the things that you've given me is 
I don't know how many times I've called you and be like, hey, I was listening to this and I don't get it. And you're able to say, okay, well, that said this, but let's reference this part of it. And, you know, that's what I hope to become one day. And I hope to become that for my kids mm -hmm. to where, you know, I can truly become the spiritual leader of my house. So. So how long did it take for you to get back into the house? Well, and here again, this is my wife. I, I can't say enough. She's, she's amazing. And God made an amazing woman when he, I mean, because the, the trials that she went through growing up, I, she, I can't say it. she's amazing. Mm -hmm. She, she is amazing. And it took me, well, <laughs> so I think it happened in August at the beginning of September. She said, I want to make this work. I want to work things out with you. And, um, she said, but the only way we're going to make this work is we have to make a change. So in that we decided to buy a house mm -hmm. and that was the scariest thing in the world to me. I, we went and looked at houses. We were looking at places over in Benson and I was scared to death because I was scared that if I said no, I don't want to buy a house that she was going to leave me, mm -hmm. that it was almost like you're not this, committed. There was to this it. ultimatum. Like if you're really committed to change, like I see you're going to church, I see you're doing this stuff, but if you're really committed to change, you're going to, we're going to buy a house together. And I was scared that if I didn't say, okay, well, I was going to lose her. Mm -hmm. So we found a house in Benson and it's the house that we're living in now. And everything just seemed to fall into place. Like we go and look at it and then we find out that the realtor that is showing the house is someone that she had known for years. Mm. So we go and look at it. She tells us how much it is. And I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So that night it was a Thursday night and I was still, I was still in the motor home. And cause she's like, I want to make this work, but I, I need some space. I still need some space. I'm like, okay, I get that. I, you know, whatever I need to do, yeah. I'll give you space. I'll, you know, whatever. So 11 o'clock at night, it's a beautiful night. And I full moon stars. I throw on my ruck and I just start walking and I'm praying the whole time I'm walking. God, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And I remember I was about two miles into my walk and it just hit me and it wasn't audible, but it was in my head. Philip, what is, what are you scared of? Why are you, why can't you say yes? And I, I truly believe it was God, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm scared. You know, I, I want to do a try and I, but this is huge. And that all that kept going on in my head was buy the house, buy the house. It's going to be fine Buy the house. And I got back home about 1230 after about five miles of walking in the pitch black. 
and woke up the next morning and I told Deidre, I said, let's do it. And it was perfect. Mm -hmm. It was everything fell into place, you know, and then I believe it was September 29th of 2019 was when the baptism was. Mm -hmm. We were in the middle of packing up and we came to church. We went and I got baptized and you guys, the, the hug that she gave me mm -hmm. after I was baptized was, I, I can't even explain it. It was like I, her arms were around me, but there were another set of arms around me mm -hmm. at the same time. And, you know, I, it, it, it's, it's, dude, amazing. it's beautiful, man. Cause I, I, you know, I still have, um, it was crazy. Um, I'll have to show you a picture. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a picture of uh, Calvary Chapel did a, a, a write up and they were actually here at the church and, and the, they were doing, they were interviewing Pastor Pat. He knew the guy. And, and so they were doing something and it was right around the time we were doing our baptism. So like, it's crazy. My baptism actually got put in the magazine. It's awesome. And the look on my wife's face, me coming out of the water, dude, is just like my favorite picture. Cause it's like, it's like that hope that gets put back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, you, 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 you truly, it's like, dude, that dude is dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, just knowing that, like, like it, it's awesome to see what God is willing to do when we're willing to put ourselves in that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, to see that, it's like, dude, I never want to go back to that. You know what I mean? I never, and so like to, to, you know, your point where it's like, you know, like there was another set of hands. It's dude, it's, that's it, awesome, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And at that moment, like, I remember coming to church and I like, he, I don't believe that I've ever audibly heard God, mm -hmm. but like, I know there's times where I close my eyes and I just, I see an outstretched hand. And I feel like there was a time after I got saved and where he's like, it's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a battle. You know, it's time to lace up and we're going to go to war. And there's, and it's true. Like there, I, it's not been easy. It's not been like, you know, it's not like just I got saved and the clouds opened up and I never mess up mm -hmm. because, you know, I mess up. And there's a lot of times where I think about, like, I can be a hypocrite. And that's, you know, I, I can be a hypocrite with how I deal with my kids. I can be a hypocrite with how I go to work. I can be a hypocrite with how I just deal with normal people. You know, whether it's how I drive, how I talk to people, the things I do at home. And it's like. You told me one time after I was like, you know, I'm, I'm having these struggles, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm getting ready to backslide and you're like, look at it this way. If you never had those struggles, would you ever have a reason for God? Hmm. Because if you didn't have a reason to turn to him, where would that put your salvation? Would your salvation be in the, in Christ or would your salvation be in yourself? And that made a lot of sense to me because we always need to remember that our salvation is in Christ and that, you know, he's going to, and I was talking to my father-in-law about it and 
he was like, sometimes you need that kick in the pants for Jesus to say, have you really forgotten about me? You know, because I think, you know, when th- we've talked about it before. When things are good, we want to take the credit. But when things go bad, we want to blame God, hmm. you know, and God should get the credit for everything. Because when things go bad, it's God saying, where are you going to turn to? Are, do you really think you can control this or are you going to turn to me and let me guide you through this? And that's been the biggest thing that I've had to learn is that I need to spend more time turning to God in prayer. And, you know, when you, it's kind of like what we've said before is when you first get saved, you're on fire. You're like praying all the time. You're reading your Bible all the time, but then you, you know, things are going great. And then you kind of slack off a little bit. You maybe miss a day of reading your Bible. You know, you, you don't pray as much. And then those are the times where the enemy starts to creep in. Those temptations start to creep in. And it's like, I know before I would have just went with it, you know? Okay, cool. You know, I'm fine. I can, I can handle it. And then I give in to those temptations. But now, you know, I, I'm not saying that I'm, I don't mess up and that I don't give in to those temptations, but I feel remorse now. Mm-hmm. I feel a true, like, oh man, I've, I've failed. And that's when I go to my Bible. I, I go to God and I, I repent and I, you know. I apologize. Mm-hmm. I apologize to God. I've, you know, it's, it's a battle every day. Every day is a struggle. And I, I don't. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, that's, but you know, here we go. Like, this is the whole point of the podcast, right? And you're in one of the things you say, you know, like being on fire for the Lord. And it's like, dude, you need other people with you. Cause if you're doing it by yourself, if you're not in community, what's going to happen? The struggle is too much, right. depending on what it is. You know and what I mean? I, that's exactly right. Because before I would just go, you know, by myself, whatever. But now when I have those struggles, I'm reaching out to you, you know, hey. Well, and it's even is, before this the is struggle. what I got going on, you know, where, what should I do? And those are those times where it's like, I text bro, the wrong guy. I text the wrong guy. Bro, <laughs> uh, I, I, I love you. You're my brother. But man, I knew I shouldn't have texted you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, man. But but you know what? But it's even more than that, dude. Because we text once a week. Yeah, you know what I mean. If not more. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and it's like you have to like it's continual. You know what I mean. Being it, and and it's not just going to somebody when you're when you're struggling. It's like, hey, it's either to stay on the path. You know what I mean. When you're you're keeping that connection good. You know what I mean. And and it's like, dude. I mean. This podcast, you know what I mean? Like I know just being able to go through these things and having this stuff like just work in my mind constantly, you know what I mean? And knowing like you and I are talking and you and I are talking during the week and like, what are we going to talk about? And, and yeah, yeah, Kim has already started to call you my girlfriend. <laughs> so because we're, I mean, that it's when you start occupying your time with 
things of that the things of God, right? The things that God wants you to do. You don't have time for yeah. anything else. And um, I mean, I think we can all when we're really in in the, that moment that we're struggling, like we can find time, right? But it's what are you going to choose to do? Like, are you going to choose to turn turn back and exactly. and go to go down that that dark path? Or are you going to stay on the one that has light? Uh, and um, I think, that, I mean, this podcast, like you just said, like I, it takes up so much time. Like, <laughs> uh, so that's what is made it a lot easier for me. Um, but like I shared before, the, um, after we did the episode on pornography, I haven't gone back to it, but it's been, it's still been a struggle, right? Don't get me wrong. There's yeah. days where I'm like, I could, you know, mm-hmm. I got time right now. Well, you but, get, I mean, you can't control yeah, your thoughts. You, know, you right. get these thoughts that just bump in your mind and you're like, mm, you know what I mean? What am I going to do right now? Am I going to take every thought to captive to the obedience of Christ or am I just going to pour into the flesh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I think that was, I was thinking about that scripture earlier. Like when, when you were speaking about like, man, I got to like, we, that's what we have to do. All of our thoughts, we got to hold those captive and like, we got to decide, is this the good one or the bad one? Like, okay, gone. Like, yeah. uh, and it's a lot easier said than done. You know, it's easier, it's easy to read the, the words on the page. Right. And then, but then to apply it to your life is what becomes difficult. And um, makes it a lot. And that's what, I mean, but that's the sanctification process, right? Is if it was easy, then everybody would do it. Yeah. And um, it, I, go ahead. Well, I was just going to, sin is easy. Sin is easy. I mean, it, yeah. It's just, well, it's easy and it's pleasurable. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem. <clears throat> but it's don't give up what you want exactly. for what you want yeah. right now right yeah. like yeah, that's yeah, for sure um that's what it comes down to man. yeah no for sure man and it's just you know it, it, and having those people in your life you know what i mean i mean i know it's huge for me you know what i mean and being able to go to people and you have to be honest man you have to be you have to be honest with yourself you need to be honest with the lord you know and then just being honest with other people like helps you be accountable to it like yeah you're right you know we talk about all kinds of stuff on this podcast you know what i mean and it's like dude what do you bring that stuff to the light it's amazing, dude. It, yeah. It's amazing how the Lord just works. And, and like you said, honesty, like it's because when we do this podcast and we talk to you before, like we don't want to say certain people, like you don't want to say people's names. You don't want to bring certain things out, of, out, but like just being honest about what you're going through and then hearing that if you, other people have the same struggles. Like I had no clue that our stories were so similar until today. Right. Yes. Like, um, it, like that's what makes it. Then you're like, Oh man, I'm not the only one, mm-hmm. man. Like he knows exactly what I'm going through. Right. Or so being able to tell the truth, then you realize like, Oh man, like that guy is going through the same thing. Well, you know? And then you don't feel like you have to hide. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause yeah. then it's like, whew. Like I can like, go to like, like, I'm not as bad as I thought I was, you know, yeah. not saying that like your story was worse than mine, but like a lot of the times we have the tendency to make ourselves like, just like we beat ourselves up. I know I do. Like I'm oh, like, yeah. man, oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. like I'm, I'm just like, and I've shared it before. Like that's one of my, one of my biggest things about salvation. I was like, man, when is he going to give up? Like, when is he going to tell me like, no, nah, you're too far, you know, like you're not ever, you're too evil to come here, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case is. And that's, that's something that I know you and I have talked to about is 
and that's something I I struggle with is that guilt, mm-hmm. feeling guilt over the things that you do, um, the worthiness. You know, am I worthy of love? You know, from my wife, from my family, from my kids. Am I worthy of love from God? And, you know, I know you and I have talked about that, you know, guilt, you know, is it, I can't remember exactly what you said to me one time, but it was, if you're always going to, if you're going to pray for forgiveness and then you're going to still feel guilty about it, you know, are you really giving Christ the credit of being your savior. You know, if you're like, well, Hey God, you know, I feel guilty about this. You know, will you forgive me? And then you still feel guilty about it. Did you really, you know, do you really have that faith in, in Christ dying for your sin or are you just saying it? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a hard one. Like that's, that's the every, an everyday struggle for me. And in a way, because I, I asked for him to help me with that all the time. So a lot of times I'm like, well, if I keep asking for it all the time, do I really believe he's going to help me with it? Mm-hmm. And that's, I know there's scripture on it and I've, I've read it. And here again, in one of these days, I'm going to be able to remember what, what scripture it is, but that's a, that's a struggle for me. And I, I think that's a struggle for a lot of people is, you know, when you pray for the same thing over and over and over do you really believe that God is listening and God's going to help you? Well, and, and you you set yourself up for for failure when you when you pray and then you just come stay in that feeling. You know what I mean? And, and you had talked about it one time. You know, we we're like you had went to your wife and you know you were transparent with her, and then you just wanted to continue to beat yourself up over it. And yep. she told you like it, like I forgive you. Like it's yeah. you know what I mean? It's those things and and. And a lot of it too is, once again, us having that savior complex where it's like, okay, but if 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 I did this and I need to punish myself because I don't feel like I'm being punished enough, and, and there you go again with the message of the gospel where it's like, no, 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 that punishment was done on Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now the consequences that we face is, you know what I mean, the consequences of our actions, but it's like, he was perfect. Like we talked about it, you know, I think on the last podcast where it was like, they went through the trials because they were obedient. You know what I mean? Jesus Jesus went to the cross because he was obedient to the Father and was perfect. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if he says that he's going to forgive us, we have to take that in stride. And we have to know, like, okay, the bad things that happens to me are my consequences. But he's not going to – like, God is not going to punish me. Yeah. That punishment was done on the cross. And when you know that and you can embrace that, that's going to also help keep you like, dude, I do not want to take advantage of your grace yeah. You know what I mean? I don't not want to live in a place where it's like, oh, well, that you know what? That grace is just going to give me all the time. It's like, no, 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 dude. Then you don't understand what Jesus did for you on the cross if that's the case. Yeah. You know. You know. So, um, so now you in in Deidre, and, and then you guys ended up renewing your vows. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, coming up on a year ago, December. So it was Christmas. It was, it was Christmas, Christmas yeah. Eve. So that's that's kind of the the cool story about that us renewing our vow, vows on Christmas Eve. And this, I, I don't want to, I know we're kind of running long here, no, but um, so to, to play that country song over when we met at the, at the, when we reconnected at that truck stop was Christmas Eve of 2013. And me and my parents were going to go have lunch 
And the first place we went to to go have lunch was closed. Mm. So we were debating, you know, like, well, we just go home and eat or, you know, what are we going to do? So I was like, well, why don't we just go to the truck stop? You know, we haven't eaten there in a while. And it's like we walked in and it was like, holy cow. And I, you know, we kind of downplayed it and everything. And, but it was like sparks, you mm-hmm. know, she, she jumped up and gave me a huge hug and, you know, so fast forward to last year, 2020, um, we, I mean, we, we were married in 2014, mm-hmm. 20, oh, <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble. Big time. Um, <laughs> We're not editing it out either. Yeah, I dude. Know. <laughs> so, um, let's see, 2013. Yeah, 2014. May 30. May 30th of 2014. Um, we had just found out that DJ was pregnant with her daughter, and we wanted to get insurance. So we were living in New Mexico at the time, but we were like an hour away from Colorado. So we go to Colorado. Because we're going to go to just to the peace. We're going to get married. That way we can make sure mm-hmm. we have insurance and everything else. So we go into the justice peace and we go up and we fill out the paperwork. And we were like, okay, do we need to go in front of the judge? You know, and she was like, the lady behind the counter was like, no, you're good. She goes, in Colorado, you can self-officiate your own marriage. <laughs> so we were like, it was like 30 minutes. We left the doctor's office, went to the, to the JP. We were done. And we never really felt like we we knew we were married legally, mm-hmm. but we never did it in front of the Lord. Sure. Even though we had professed our love for each other, for the Lord, and everything else, we never, like, we, it was something we were always lacking, we always wanted to do. So, go through all the stuff that I did, all the times that she forgave me for what I had done, to be saved in 2019 and then in 2020 to renew our vows here with you in front of God. I, and to think that that was almost a year ago is yeah. one of the greatest things. And once I cannot, I cannot thank the Lord enough for my wife yeah. because he worked through her and she she's amazing and i don't i don't give her enough credit for putting up with me because lord knows i am an idiot <laughs> what i know is the three men sitting here there's three very strong women <laughs> i know dude that, um we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for those women no, so. she has carried me i mean She's, I can't believe how strong she is. Well, that, and you know what? That She's walking her calling as being the helper that she's supposed to be. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, dude. That, that's, a, that's a heck of a calling to, to put up with me every day. So, Well, dude, thanks for, for sharing where I didn't realize what the time yeah, was. We man. went a little long, but yeah. I mean, no, it's good, that's how it always happens because we're like, like, start talking and then one of us looks at him and we're like, <gasps> we got to end this soon. So. Well, well, you know, I, I appreciate you guys having me, and I I can't thank you. And I know there's a bunch of people out there that listen to this every week, and I can't thank you both enough because 
I know that it's impacted me because I know there's a bunch of podcasts, episodes that you guys have done that I've listened to over and over and over again because I listen to it once and I get something out of it and then I can listen to it again and I can get something more out of it. So I hope I helped Yeah, and I I hope people, you know, I, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to come on. It's, you guys are doing God's work. Well, what's awesome is we're, you know, we're doing, I mean, this is a conversation that we would be having if we went out and grabbed a drink and coffee, you know what I mean? And just like, we're just sitting and, and talking and it's like, I mean, how easy is it, you know, to, to be able to just, you know, be transparent with people and, and talk and just like, man, look at what the Lord has done in my life, you know, you know, I, and, yeah. and dude, it helps. Yeah, you know, for sure. I think that's one of the biggest things is like this. I, I, I think for both of us, it was one of those things where it's like, well, all we are doing is talking like we normally do. We just hit record on yeah. a little machine and now and have a microphone in front of us. But um, and that it's helpful, you know, like and I think that's what a lot of people like is just the fact that it's just two guys talking, three guys talking, you know. Yeah. So, um, Philip, we usually uh, have our guest pray us out. And we didn't even prime you for that. Too. I, you know, know. Uh, you I meant to. It was in my head. But I was like, oh, well, here we go. Whew. All right. Um, well, let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer then. All right. Well, hold on before you oh. pray. Hey, guys. So as always, you know, if you guys need any prayer uh, yourselves, you guys can always reach us out at ignitedfortitude at gmail.com. Uh, be looking out for the store. We'll update you guys if you have us and following us on Facebook or Instagram. We'll post some little um, snippets of, of it's not about the pizza. Was, yeah, yeah. We made sure that we did. <laughs> yeah, one we of got those. one of those shirts. <laughs> yeah, so we got we got some stuff coming, guys. So uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, let us know if there is anything that we can be praying for. And uh, yeah, dude, pray us out. All right, um, Lord, we come to you today. Uh, just thank thankful for this opportunity to, to to share our stories and share our testimonies. Lord, I, I thank you for Steve and, and Bobby for, for giving me the opportunity to come in and, and share my story and just for for having this platform to to reach out to the world to maybe give those that aren't sure how to to approach you, Lord, and, and how to how to talk to you. Just giving giving a platform for people to understand and people to maybe grow a relationship with you, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would just continue to to give these gentlemen a path to move forward. Um, I ask you to, to continue to work, work in all of our lives to, to open our eyes to the path that, that you have laid out for us. Um, Lord, I ask that you would just be with, be with our church family and just be with everybody in general. Um, Lord, we just, we want you to work in the lives of, of everybody and, you know, maybe somebody's going to stumble upon this this podcast that that doesn't know you, and maybe it will, you know, a little bit of play on words, but ignite their their drive to maybe seek you, Lord. Um, Lord, I just I thank you for all your goodness, all your gifts uh, that you've you've bestowed on me and my family, and and everything that you've given us, Lord. Um, just thank you for everything, and it's uh, Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen. Amen.